welcome to First Gen Views, our first episode of 2020. I had to get my life together all of January, which was the longest month ever, but I'm keeping myself accountable and I'm back with our next topic. Today's episode is self-care with a focus on mental well-being. I'm aware that there's probably a ton of podcasts out there that go into mental health on a more scientific level, but since this podcast is about covering all different kinds of experiences from first-generation individuals and immigrants, I think that mental wellness is something I just cannot forget to touch on. Everyone comes from different backgrounds and cultures, so our levels of emotional awareness, stress, and communication styles sometimes are dependent really on how we were raised and what that culture was like, and they have a huge impact on what kind of person you become as an adult. Especially when you have parents or family members that were raised in another country, the way that they were taught to handle problems in life can be vastly different than the way we end up handling them. Or it could end up that we take on those same characteristics and outlooks. My guest today is a really close friend of mine who I've known since I was 12. I met her when she first moved to the States and attended my middle school, so we went to middle school together, we went to high school together too. And since then, we've been friends for a long time. She kept me accountable also on getting today's episode done, and I finally got her to join me on it, so it was a win-win. We get into her background, and I found it to be an insightful chance to compare and understand the differences in experiences we've had, although we've been through a lot of important life events together already. We also touched on our friendship and friendships in general, which I admit has been a great source of positivity in my life and has contributed to my own mental wellness. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Helena. Welcome to the podcast. Are you excited? Very. I just (laughs) had dinner, so I am full of energy. Oh, you got those nutrients in you? I, yes, I'm jealous. Yeah. I, well, yeah, <laughs> you should have eaten, I told you. <laughs> it's fine. I have water, you know, staying ah. hydrated. For those out there that don't know you, if you can maybe just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. And then let's just jump into it. Growing up um, where you came from, maybe if you could tell us a little bit about the importance or presence um, for awareness of mental wellness in your life. Yeah, um, so I was born and raised in Addis Ababa, which is the capital city of Ethiopia in East Africa, and I came to the U.S. when I was about 12 years old in middle school. Of My mm-hmm. um, pre-adult life was here, so I kind of still feel like I grew up in Maryland, and mm-hmm. I grew, you know, my my earlier childhood time was in Ethiopia, so growing up my dad was definitely more open-minded and more on the spiritual side, but also he read a lot of books. So I feel like he was big on trying to lead a life for himself that was emphasizing or prioritizing mental wellness in a way that also showed his kids um, the importance of it. So And I think that's kind of what I'm doing now. And you've said this about me before where I'm like, I try so many different things, but I just Mm -hmm. feel like it's really important for me to find what works for myself and to share that with people. And I feel I definitely learned that from my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And whereas with my mom, it was more, I feel like 
just as with most women in um in our like parents generations but then also on top of that in countries that are uh maybe less progressive quote-unquote she definitely had to take that like gender role of being the mom and the supporter and kind of make like so many people like leaning on her and she didn't really she was very self-sufficient and didn't really show weakness so much at least I don't know if that's the norm but for me like maybe that that's a stereotype but that's what I grew up seeing with my mom she was very strong and so I don't think that I really learned self-care from my mom perhaps and I think that's something that to this day like I have conversations with her where we're both learning and I feel I have some things to offer her now because I I early on in my life realized the importance of it and so Mm -hmm. her outlook I I hope is still changing but um yeah so I think my dad definitely showed us more of an emphasis on that and inspired that in us I would say not that my mom didn't care about it but I just feel like I saw my mom caring for other people less than like you know caring for herself if that makes sense feel it's the same situation with your parents um yeah so I feel like with my dad came to the states when he was in high school I'm not Mm -hmm. exactly sure what age probably 15 16 Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I don't know really what how that influenced him maybe I was thinking maybe him growing kind of growing up in the states during that time as a teenager maybe opened him up to different outlooks uh he's definitely I don't like hard-headed sometimes and you know can be kind of meaning that he can get impatient sometimes you know Mm -hmm. things like that but he's not it's not really to the point where I don't feel comfortable talking about how I feel to him Mm. really Um, (laughs) yeah so I, I feel lucky there um but of course I do think my mom is the more sensitive one And she's kind of more emotionally uh, in tune with herself, I guess. (laughs) Um, So so when you were describing earlier about your dad being like more impatient and readily, I guess, showing his emotions is what it sounds like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Um, Because that sounds like sensitivity to me as well. Not in a negative way, but. Right. I'm curious to know what, how you make that distinction between your dad's emotional Mm -hmm. um actions versus your mom's right so I feel like um an ongoing joke in my family is that my dad is like kind of like um like stubborn Mm, okay (laughs) that type of thing yeah where my mom is not stubborn well actually (laughs) 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 they share a lot of characteristics but Uh um I'm saying more like my mom is more kind of more open to being emotionally sensitive where my dad is is tough but he's I think comfortable conversations about mental wellness he has more awareness about it mm. um whereas whereas I feel like a lot of like maybe some of my uncles or my uncles are not aware of it you know gotcha. so that's kind of the difference that I noticed um so I so feel like just mm-hmm. I, I sorry finish I had a follow-up question sure oh you're interviewing me now Um, (laughs) I'm curious no so I think that's the big difference is like just noticing my dad's awareness of mental wellness and um just that is significant is um significantly different when I compare it to my uncles Mm -hmm. 
So, so I feel like emotional well-being and mental well-being, I think, go hand in hand, but they're not the same in my mind. So I feel like when it comes to speaking of um, issues related to mental wellness, like if you would want to talk to your parents about like depression or anxiety or mm-hmm. um, whatever it is, do you feel like you'd feel more comfortable talking about that to your dad or your mom? Um, I feel like trying to think I feel like my mom can my mom when I said like more in tune with her emotions I think she's very much in tune into her children's emotions <laughs> so okay so she, she has that emotional intelligence yeah exactly and she can just kind of she can sense when I'm feeling off or there's something going on with me pretty much mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I feel like in that way mom's she always like, now I know exactly <laughs> it's like mother's intuition you know so in that way I can't really if she catches me like acting weird or something she's gonna ask me about it and then I'm probably not gonna be able to avoid it (laughs) so Mm. um, as a result I'll probably be open to talking to my mom about it Mm -hmm. um and she is definitely more of a she's more talkative than my dad is gotcha uh, just in general okay but yeah but you still can acknowledge that your dad would be knowledgeable in those in those areas yeah exactly yes but you could talk to him Definitely. I think he's understanding um, in that. And there's already been like some, a couple situations where I've told them about things that I, I've either witnessed or, you know, had issues with on a more Mm -hmm. serious level with, you know, I don't know, friends or family members. And then they're able, they're able to take it seriously, which is something that's, I feel like important because some people, some people can't even take it seriously. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. It's really great that you, they allow that space both of them Mm -hmm. for you to be able to talk about it exactly and yeah and sometimes I think I wonder why is that I wonder if it's because they I mean the states uh when they were in high school so Mm -hmm. just living here versus I wonder how different it would be if they stayed in El Salvador you know Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting to think about but yeah anyway so um thinking about how your parents their outlook did it impact how much that you how much you shared with them with your friends and maybe family um yes I definitely feel like I I mean I'm still I'm still a child I'm still learning but I feel like for me my parents have also both made it a point to be to to let us know that we can go to them with anything but Mm -hmm. at the same time I feel like and this is where that whole migrating to the U.S. um, and having to assimilate to this into this new culture and having that culture clash between Mm -hmm. my parents you know generation and my like my younger brother who spent most of his life here so I feel like he feels this more than I do but that idea of I sometimes felt like I had to lead two different lives and so even though my parents would allow us to be vulnerable with them it was very difficult to do so because I don't I didn't feel like I was 100% transparent and who I who as a human being I was right and I feel like as I get older that gap is definitely closing more and more but when I compare my experience to perhaps um, my other friends experience who've had parents here for generations mm-hmm. or um, just like had had different not, not to assume that everybody that had a similar ex- like uh, migrate migration right. migration yeah. related experience is the same as mine but like 
when I do compare it to people and I wonder like if I had stayed if my family had stayed in Ethiopia and we just stayed there and we could have that shared experience of what it feels like to be a teenager to be in your early 20s and etc etc it would have been maybe much easier to be vulnerable with them but because we had such different experiences Mm -hmm. it was just so hard and even to this day like I sometimes struggle to um to to share parts of my life with my right. mom and I so I think that that makes it more difficult to um like share things with my parents not because of who they are but because of the experience that that I had right my family yeah. had I totally sense? totally understand and I've, I'm in the same boat with you with a lot of things so like right yeah def- <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely things that I have not told them and it's just you know if I were to come with them with this with one of I don't know an issue relate that's kind of been an issue when I was younger except they didn't I don't know how to explain this (laughs) it's hard to come at them with an issue that you're feeling now that maybe was the same issue you had when you're in high school but Mm -hmm. they if they didn't know about it or they never knew about it coming to them now and sort of giving them the background and explaining it is it's tough whereas Um, it's like you'll see other people and it's so easy for them to be open with their family right um and I think, and and sometimes it's even like their family members who are not necessarily the most emotionally intelligent or the most um, aware when it comes to, you know, mental wellness and self-care. But just mm-hmm. because it's like we have that shared experience, I feel like I can the very least share this with you. Whereas, like you said, we have, I feel like we have to do a lot of explaining and kind of looping them in. And yeah, just because our even parents if we didn't, had been, yeah, yeah, sorry, they just didn't. Ahead. No, it's okay. I was just saying, just because, like, sim- the simple fact is, our parents didn't experience everything that we've done. You know, exactly. So. And it's like the things that they don't know, at least from mm-hmm. my experience, like terrifies them, and <laughs> which is very normal. Like, I cannot imagine if I had children and then I don't know, we moved in the future to Mars or something. I'm like, all I know is Earth. So, like, I don't know which I'll be on on the ship, but like, that's weird. Like, or it's just very. It's, scary I can imagine yeah so a lot of the times me hiding things is because I don't want to worry them and not because I'm like out here doing crazy things it's just I know how scary it can be but I I Mm -hmm. feel like that's definitely not necessarily the right way to do things for myself at least I do wish and even now I'm attempting to be a little bit more open about my life Mm -hmm. um but it's hard it's really really hard (laughs) yeah it's a work in progress and we're not even we're not even 30 so, you know, <laughs> life yeah, yeah. is a journey and communication will all be something to be worked on. Exactly. Um, yeah. But and then I think so going to the friends situation, I feel like because I couldn't lean on or, you know, open up so much with my family, mm-hmm. I was able to do that with my friends. Um, but then it's still it's still it's still hard because even friends not everybody really understands your experience and so I I mean I I feel like I was thankful and I'm thankful that I was able to find I was lucky enough to find people that I felt related to me as much um as possible like you and you know I'm not gonna list names but like Mm -hmm. I really a lot of my friends happen to be immigrants or children of immigrants and I, I don't think it's a coincidence like I think shared experience is just very important to build that um I feel like I'm moving my hand so much I'm like is it waving <laughs> it's okay I can't see so <laughs> yeah um I just don't know if the air is gonna make a lot of sound on the mic but um yeah no, yeah I feel you. it's just I mean 
Yeah, that's why I was interested in like having this conversation because even though you know I was born here uh, and you immigrated here in middle school, there's a lot of experiences we have in common, which is yeah, what I was interested exactly. in learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we've shared this um, this thing that we have in common with our family values is that there's a big um, there's a big uh, emphasis. <laughs> I know I'm just like I keep I've said emphasis like eight times already, but. Our family, our parents have they value value like privacy and coming to your family about issues instead of going to you know strangers or other people, right. whatever, how, however they word it. And so I've always had a difficulty, especially in the at first when I was you know lean, like making those friends and investing a lot of time and energy into my friendships and my support system. I felt like I was almost betraying my family because it was like mm-hmm. you grow up being told like we we got your back like come to your family etc cetera, etc cetera. but then life happens and you move to a different country and exactly. you're all trying to adapt and and so at that point you you are having to force yourself to be okay with the fact that maybe the people you're closest to at any point in life might not be your family members and that's okay mm-hmm. um that was a difficult thing for me as well you feel comfortable sharing what would you say are some of the sources of stress that you remember experiencing as your family migrated from Ethiopia to the U.S.? Um, so the first stressor that I remember is when my originally the way we came is that my sister moved to the U.S. first and then a year later my mom came um, at that point I was nine years old and then we had a three-year gap before my dad myself and my younger brother moved to the U.S. and so those three years and then four with my without my sister were difficult because of that separation and Mm. so that was a huge like pain point for me I would say Mm -hmm. I remember I would always like every night before I went to sleep my prayer was like reunite our family or whatever which is I'm like (laughs) looking back I'm like (laughs) oh but back then it was like I really didn't know if we were gonna be together again like that was especially because like you know I it's visa paperwork and you never know if it's going to get approved it's a whole mm-hmm. process that goes on and in the end we really you really don't know how it's going to end and so mm-hmm. I remember being young and being terrified that I would never see my sister and my and my mom again and then um and then as you know my younger brother got sick and so mm-hmm. trying to figure out if he was going to be okay and then we don't want to stress my mom and my sister out when they were in the U.S. so just a lot of navigating what was happening while trying to stay hopeful about whether it was like my brother's health or that my family and I were going to, you know, my, my sister, my mom and I, and my brother and my dad, all of us are going to reunite. Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely a huge, um, a huge life event or series of events that influenced how I turned out to be, mm-hmm. especially because I felt like I saw how my dad was handling things. And that was at a point where I felt like he was really into positive psychology or just being more like stoicism and all those things. Like that's where I saw him because he could have easily, you know, been so stressed that he was stressing me out too and stressing my, like, you know, it could have gone right. But I just felt like seeing that resilience and his trust in me at, at that young age um, mm-hmm. was very important for me and so when we did come to the U.S. finally it was like great we're all together and it's awesome 
but then now it's like I haven't seen you in three years and it was like mm-hmm. nine to tw- ages nine to 12 and those are very important um ages where you, you know if you're going through a lot of changes and yeah, you're going to continue going through a lot of changes right I'm just starting to feel the effects of like hormones and I'm about to be a teenager and so it was like obviously you are an important human being in my life or you're both important human beings in my life but then relearning each other again and especially for my younger brother who was like one I think when very I young to the U.S. Yeah. exactly and then now he's like five or six when we moved to the U.S. and we're like this is your mom like so it was a lot of getting reoriented into the family and I feel like it was definitely very grounding that we all valued it and it was instilled in us from a very young age and even through our separation that even if we're not together physically like we still thought about one another a lot and that helped a lot but like I think those that was a very and I honestly even to this day I'm still like processing it and not in a way that I want to put so much you know pressure on on me that that had to affect me in a certain way but in a way that I feel I don't want to overlook it because mm-hmm. it did make yeah, me Yeah, you realize it was like end. a turning point. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, as you're getting and with all of us like you you I think it's important that we reflect back on what our childhood was like and those big life moments because mm-hmm. you just kind of live through it and you keep going one day at a time and before you know it, you know, you're 25, you're 30, you're 40, whatever, but like you look back and you're like, "Oh, wow, like and you look back with more wisdom and more knowledge about the human, you know, the human mind and life and philosophies and all that stuff. So it's a very different lens that you can apply now. Um, so, yeah, I'm still processing it. But I feel like those are, I think, two two things that I thought about when, when you sent me those questions. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really that's, that's a lot to, that is a lot to process and I, 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 I like, didn't know is this a therapy session <laughs> no and like I I'm definitely glad we're doing this because I knew I knew like sort of I knew your background but you know the details of it and that emotional weight that it had on you as a kid mm-hmm. you know you're right when you get older and you look back on it you're like oh that was actually really impactful on my identity <laughs> or like mm-hmm. this yeah. is the reason why I handle such and such situation this way um Mm -hmm. and yeah reconnecting with your own mom after years definitely must have been a lot yeah Um, and I mean I I, it could have definitely been worse and I don't know that uh I don't know I I don't want to make it seem like oh my god it was this crazy thing that I had to (laughs) deal with but I also don't want to undermine my my experience yeah it's valid yeah yes exactly so um did you growing up in Ethiopia or growing up in the U.S. uh, did you remember about learning about mental wellness if not at home did you learn about it at school at all um not that I remember I don't know if we learned about honestly no I don't think we did (laughs) but also my memory is not the best um Mm -hmm. so we did learn it it didn't stick for me clearly mine either yeah (laughs) right (laughs) um I I feel like Tumblr once I moved to the U.S. I feel like Tumblr is something that I credit Mm -hmm. a lot when it comes to my awareness of you know the importance of self-care and I think a lot of us millennials can um agree Mm -hmm. with that and taking I think a psychology class in high school also helped me just to understand more of the scientific um or clinical definitions and 
you know, understanding the human mind from that perspective. When did you take psychology class? Senior year of college. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I thought you took, I, for some reason, I thought you took a psych class in high school. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say college? Yeah, I meant high school. Wow. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I definitely just like with my chest. <laughs> college. No, definitely went high school. My bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, same here. I don't remember it really at all being a thing. I remember learning about, yeah, puberty and all those awkward videos and just <laughs> all of that stuff. Never birth. I know exactly, but never mm-hmm. really a deep dive into mental wellness and except for, yeah, when I took a psychology class and we learned about the clinical um, terms and all the disorders, but yeah. it's, I think now I, I would hope nowadays they're more open to it. It seems, especially in a world where kids are growing up connected to their phones every day, connected to, I mean, we all are really connected to so much news. Kids, We are kids. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm sounding like a old woman. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Every, yeah, yeah. Everyone really is, you know, Technology. we're constantly, yeah, we're constantly taking in all this news and social media. And when we were in middle school, I guess there was MySpace. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But now, you know, people are joining Instagram and all this stuff in middle school. And I feel like that can be very detrimental to, you know, <laughs> their, their growth sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, There's yeah. definitely, a, I feel like a lot of research that's still being done, but mm-hmm. I, I could, I can, I have to like consciously remind myself not to be, you know, those people that are like kids these days, kind of like you just said. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, totally. I feel like it's, it's great because I, it allows like my younger brother, he's a homebody. So I'm glad that he can use Instagram mm-hmm. and things like that to stay connected. But also I definitely fear that um it could be doing more harm than good when did you start to realize that mental wellness was a priority in your life um I I think I had a couple of moments throughout life where I realized it was important but I don't think that it wasn't I, I don't think it wasn't until college that I you know I'm away from my family and I think that's the big thing I was by myself and then on top of that I was dealing with a lot of different um types of like a lot of stress was coming my way from different Mm -hmm. um areas and because I had a lot on my plate just as with a lot of college students especially Mm -hmm. if you know you're taking out loans and then you're you're going you're working to make money but then you're also going to school full-time and then you have your social life happening and then you have um, you know events not events um, yeah you're going to events sure but also you're like mm-hmm. on e-boards or extracurricular activities that you're doing and so I think a lot a lot a lot was on my plate and so I had to kind of I kind of hit rock, rock bottom I feel and had to have a moment of realizing I can't go on like this and I need to prioritize my mental health and mm-hmm. And I honestly feel like when we were in college, at least around that time for me, mental health was something that I saw everywhere, like well-being was very big. I feel like I was very much so more exposed to it. But I think that's like, even in high school, and I don't know if it's because once, because I was on Tumblr, so like on Tumblr so much, and I saw it so much that Mm. I uh, Mm. read about it a lot. And then it also just interested me. And so I saw it everywhere. But I just feel like 
even in college like everyone was like self-care is important like that was a huge thing right. and even to this day like right now I feel like we're still in that era of of prioritizing mm-hmm. um self-care and educating one another about it so right yeah yeah sorry. yeah definitely so yeah that's one thing I am glad about like kind of growing up in this day and age is that there's a lot more awareness about it and I think there's a lot more being done in college I do remember you know there being like you know take a break from studying come play with puppies or like Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like little small events to help relieve some stress and get your mind off things right Um, I think it's and I wonder if that's Mm -hmm. just like part of college all the time or if recently it's become a big thing what was something that you did um in terms of actions to take a little you know better care of yourself from and maybe today too daily routines or in long-term form um, yes, I feel the, at that time when I, when I decided to say, to take action, it was because I kind of like why the, why I brought this up is because I was exposed to it so much. And so I, I found out that they had free um, therapy sessions at the university mm-hmm. and it's like eight sessions that you get for free or something. And so I went to a couple and that was very eye opening for me because I could have easily avoided therapy and for the rest of like not the rest of my life or even to this day like I've never been to it and I'm pretty sure my life would have been not Mm -hmm. so good I don't know maybe maybe would have been at the time um, yeah yeah but I I feel like um no you're right and yeah that's another thing like having like psychologists in school that you can go to for a quick little uh, therapy session I guess is very helpful Yeah, especially because I I didn't feel like I knew how to cope with stress in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And so it was great that I went and it was somebody who knew, you know, who studied this and they were Mm -hmm. um, giving me the vocabulary to define and describe the the experiences that I was having and giving me tools um, to deal with those things in a healthy way. And so after that, though, once I graduated and started working and I was, um, I, I felt like I had the financial means Mm-hmm. Then I, I actually pursued therapy on my own as an as like a, a full blown adult, uh, mm-hmm. or fake adult, and so mm-hmm. now it's I think a priority because I also feel like I choose to make it a priority and I can afford to make it a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely mm-hmm. one action that I felt was very important. But outside of that, I feel like I've learned just the importance of checking in with myself because life really does just keep going. And unless you pause for a second and just like for sure check in with yourself, it's going to keep going. Like it's not going to, I mean, you know, it's going to just, things are going to keep on getting thrown at you and that's just the life. And so for like long-term, I, I, I think that it doesn't matter so much to me in what way I do it but it's just important that I do check in with myself and whether that's like meditation or journaling or reading Mm -hmm. or podcasts to do more um you know like like I feel like self-help kind of has a bad rep on uh, to it now but to me like that's a good way for me to um take care of myself but then Mm -hmm. for some people like and it's like being also open to different ideas because everybody's different and so for some people that could be more on physical fitness or maybe it's about massages what's what's important is like giving yourself that permission to prioritize needs and um discover yourself like there's so many different ways that you can 
figure out you know your own mental wellness activities Mm -hmm. and I think maybe some people might think that you know mental wellness or just talking about that is really or how to handle it is to just go to therapy and that's the only way you can handle it is by exposing yourself to a stranger and da 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 but yeah. there's, there's, there's small ways that you can start out, whether it's reading books or, you know, like you said, meditation, yoga. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many different things that you can try. And then you really, you never know what might work for you. Do you feel yeah. like you found your, your, your thing or your things? I'm definitely still figuring it out. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. for me, uh, after I quit my first job was when I decided to actually take some action before I went down a route that was you know probably going to be more damaging or negative Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I kind of had that same feeling after college you know just that general feeling of like oh I graduated now there's no routine in my life Mm there's I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing so that was kind of one wave that I went through on my own Mm -hmm. and then after I quit my first job I had you know some savings um, but I was here and I kind of had a feeling you know I'm going to I can feel myself kind of sinking into this emotion of I don't want to say I don't know (laughs) despair but like just this feeling of the unknown and and not really knowing where I'm going and I felt like I had to do something about it before it got worse so I did um I did try therapy and you're like telling me to do it for so long so I was like you know what let me just do it sorry I'm annoyed (laughs) yeah no it's okay I'm trying to be better with that but yeah um word of mouth is very important Mm-hmm. and so I did it and then luckily you know somehow this person I talked to we had a good connection um mm-hmm. and it worked That's out fine too exactly yeah. yeah so like right off the bat the first one is like oh <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it worked out well for me so I do that but besides that um just doing random activities that kind of get me out of my comfort zone and help me mm-hmm. not really think get my mind off daily routine work um yeah I've definitely I mean the first thing I did when I moved to New York was get a library card and I used it all the time and um you know you could just go there and like not even have a specific thing you're looking for but then you'll Mm -hmm. come out with like five books on right right. um, yeah on wellness and all of that and I found that to be really helpful as well Mm-hmm. um free resources yeah exactly they're, they're, yeah that's one thing I'm also grateful for is the free resources because unfortunately you know not everyone can afford therapy yeah. um so and yeah so I feel grateful that I'm in a city where they offer those kind of things mm-hmm. uh, um but yeah so those are some examples I guess yeah and I think friendship is also so important and I yes. <laughs> friendship. To talk about friendship. But <laughs> I, I feel like definitely investing in my friendships and mm-hmm. having that support system was very, very important for me. And mm-hmm. I'm sure for you as well, I feel like we can give that to one another because at the end of the day, like life is so hard and you can do all this work on your own. But mm-hmm. I found that I really do value just like the people that I love and so Mm -hmm. it's making sure that I do put in enough time and do uh, show my appreciation for those friendships because when things get really hard and things get dark like Mm -hmm. who's there for you to kind of not who's there for you but like are you are you do you you have anybody there Yeah. yeah do you have people there 
that can just be in that that can allow you to be in that space and um that's yeah 100 percent. i'm I'm glad you brought that up i almost forgot about it but yes (laughs) friendship is key i'm upset (laughs) yeah Um, yeah like especially when you're you get older and you know you move out of your parents house or like you start going to work and just getting into adulthood you don't build as many or it's a little harder to build relationships close deep relationships with people um so I feel like there's a lot of connections you can make but a lot of them can be on the surface Mm -hmm. so it is really important to have those friends either you know from your childhood if you're still friends with them or Mm -hmm. just having people that you can connect with on an authentic level and be yourself Mm -hmm. around and be Mm -hmm. able to be able to ugly cry with them (laughs) exactly so I feel like you and I have like ugly cried to each other plenty of times so it's (laughs) too many but you know it feels kind of good it does oh yeah it always does it always does (laughs) so it's important to not let yourself feel alone you know and like nine times out of ten you're not alone you just need to know who to turn to and invest in those relationships yeah it's it's I found for me it's so so important for me to feel seen and understood by Mm -hmm. those people and I think that's how I've learned to define what an authentic relationship is to me and so mm-hmm. um but we I think we've talked about this before but it is when you find those people like for example you and I met in middle school and there might be times where we don't we're not we don't like we're not on the same path and that's okay and it's like those lifelong friendships where it's like at the end of the day I'm here for you and I see you and you do your thing but I'm still going to be here for you so I'm so grateful that we can have that as well and it's not necessarily um this mm-hmm. needs to feel authentic for me every single day all the time and mm-hmm. you're here and da, da, da. I mean it should still feel authentic no, but like yeah it's not definitely. realistic to expect every okay or like you know yeah you it's know. not realistic to expect you know because we're not in school anymore we don't see each other every day we can't talk every and day like we in can't... a different state yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's just yeah, it's important to have that communication, but if you can't, it's just it's just knowing that it's there. Now that we're kind of in early adulthood, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is just a weird stage. This is the quarter-life mm-hmm. crisis portion of life, and yeah. it's just a hot mess, but that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> are there? Do you feel like you're having more conversations about mental wellness between you and your family and friends now? No, no, I think I'm still learning with my mom. I don't mm-hmm. think that I am 100% comfortable yet, but I think I'm a little bit more confident in my ability to express what I need to express and not be afraid of how that's going to be received. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with my friends. I think we've always kind of talked about the same things that we talk about now maybe, but there's a lot less shame around it now. And so it's mm-hmm. like less fear of me being rejected than maybe 10 years ago you know so I feel definitely more comfortable in that way but then also I do feel like there's with this surge of like awareness of mental health and the importance of self-care it's also like if you're you're gonna if you if you try to shame me for like society's gonna tell you you're a dick so I don't even have to worry (laughs) about that type of thing so I do feel like there's a pressure for and this is like a whole nother thing that we can get into another day. But I just think there's a pressure for people to act in a way that's like, mm-hmm. I accept you where you are. And there's not like that's a, it's a that it's 
you know inherently a bad thing but like it's interesting but I just feel like I um I feel like everybody's big on making sure there's as much empathy as possible and more compassion in between one another mm-hmm. at least in in our and I and I and I can acknowledge like sometimes I do feel like I live in a bubble so like in my bubble of friendship and or social circles Mm-hmm. I feel like definitely a lot more comfortable talking about it now. Something I learned also is uh, conversations with my parents, you know, since we just said we can't really talk to them about everything. And mm-hmm. there are times when maybe we won't see eye to eye to each other. And I've learned recently, like, that's totally okay. You know, it's just we're, we've, you know, we've gone through different experiences and I still love them no matter what. There's just certain things that you might not see eye to eye on and that's perfectly fine especially because I don't know what those things are but like Mm -hmm. some things are like related to like politics or maybe they could be related to a religion yeah religion Mm. like really big topics and the way that we are now especially with I feel like our generation it's very very binary and it's like either you agree with me or I hate you and Mm -hmm. you hate me like that's like and I and like there's definitely places where I feel like I act in that way as well but Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see that and to think about our you know relationships with our parents and Mm -hmm. that whole like us leading two different lives and kind Mm -hmm. of accepting that like we're not going to agree on everything but I still you're still my parents and I still love you so we kind of touched on this but for those who are struggling to communicate or acknowledge their mental well-being or you know really take action about it what would you say are some first steps that anyone can follow um well first I'm not an expert at all so (laughs) I can't even disclaimer advice honestly at this point yeah but I um but I feel like there's, like, some say. small things that you can, like, maybe things that have helped you that yeah, people might yeah. know Yeah, I can definitely say from my experience, there are things that um, helped me. And I feel like talking to somebody always is my go-to, my number one go-to. That's why I urge you so much to, like, go to therapy. I just felt mm-hmm. that was very helpful for, helpful for me. And I feel like having someone that can hold you accountable to your, your – um, mental fitness and mm-hmm. for like you can read all the books and you know articles and podcasts and all those things but for me I I work better when I feel there's another person that right. is like a one-on-one connection part of my yeah. exactly and not necessarily part of my circle so they don't have any biases and mm-hmm. they can give me objective feedback and they also went to school for it so they know what they're talking about hopefully so finding someone qualified Mm -hmm. um those Mm -hmm. are I felt like that was a very important thing for me so that's the number one thing but outside of that then like again like not everybody can afford that not not everybody's able to go to therapy um Mm -hmm. there's definitely apps and things like that online I'm sure um and they have online like therapy as well and coaching if that's what you're interested in uh, but if that's not an option or on top of that, you can also, I feel for me, podcasts are so great. And I there was a point mm-hmm. in like 2017, I think, when I was just like super into them. And then recently I kind of took a break and now I'm back and I just mm-hmm. love, 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 love podcasts. They're awesome. And a, you can you can research and find ones that you feel for whether it's for mental well-being for topics that or podcasts that cover those topics. But mm-hmm. then also, I felt like for me, 
it was less about finding podcasts that talked about like mental well-being or like self-help mm-hmm. and more about allowing my mind kind of like you said earlier to be preoccupied with other things because a lot mm-hmm. of the times I felt like the more I spent the more time I spent in my head just going over things and um, especially if you're if you're already having like negative thoughts and you're just stuck in a loop it's very difficult to get out of it mm-hmm. and sometimes like not thinking about being better and not thinking about um, those issues and how to tackle them is is the, is the solution so for me like I guess this is kind of like distraction and you don't want it to be to a point where it's like I'm um I'm escaping you like my, a healthy, my life a healthy distraction yeah exactly but I felt like it was just good to get myself out of my head. And sometimes that meant finding things that interested me enough. So that's mm-hmm. why, like, I think I relied on podcasts so much. But outside of that, like, books, movies, um, literally going out there, like you kind of said, like, finding activities, investing in, in a hobby, like, taking mm-hmm. acting classes or whatever it is, like, just getting out <laughs> of mm-hmm. your head and doing whatever you can in a, in a healthy way, of course. I know it's just like really hard when you're in a place where you don't want to do anything and you feel so apathetic towards everything to Mm -hmm. to force yourself to do things but it's just like little by little it's like Mm -hmm. oh okay I think I'm a little bit more removed now from everything that was happening in my for sure yeah it takes time it's not something that's going to be fixed overnight Mm -hmm. but it's just something you can just do little things and all the little pieces of efforts yeah. <laughs> this makes no sense all of your effort no yeah, yeah. will add up to something exactly and, yeah yeah so little baby yeah. steps exactly it's little like baby little steps. hinges open big doors or something is the saying that I really like <laughs> I don't know if I butchered it I've never heard yeah. it so maybe it was right <laughs> um but yeah those are all my questions cool thank Great. you for having me That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you have a personal story about mental wellness that you'd like to share, or if you feel like we missed something in this conversation, please let me know. Um, I'm also open to having new guests on the show, so you can feel free to send me a voice memo on Anchor, or you can tweet me at A for Ava underscore. Stay tuned for the next episode of First Gen Views.